Hello. <laughs> Again. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, it's Alex, and I'm here with Bree and Brittany. Hey, g'day. And this is Double Tap, the podcast where we zoom in on the current media climate. Uh, we're so excited to welcome you to the first episode. So excited. Yeah, I, just can't, I can't handle it. Um, so I guess we should start by explaining why we uh, wanted to make this podcast. Basically, uh, we were having a discussion in our media map class and about how throughout your media degree, uh, we, you often are asked what's going on in the industry and asked to discuss what's happening. And, and that can be really daunting as oh, a student. It's so scary. First year I was like, why are you talking to me? Leave me alone. I yeah. don't want to know this stuff. And like, I think part of it is as a student think you start thinking of it as homework mm-hmm. instead of it being like actually valuable to understanding your industry. Definitely. So we wanted to, you know, create a, a fun space where we could get media students talking about the industry and, and understanding what that means for them. So, welcome to Double Tap. Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm Casey Grimshaw. Welcome to this special edition of A Current Affair. I will not be lectured about sexism and misogyny by this man. can't understand how something so small can be so impressive. Well, Mark, you would know about that. Okay, Alex, what are we double-tapping today? So today, we're looking at the Nine Fairfax merger. Oh. Mm. And God, <laughs> it, is it a boring concept. <laughs> but, I mean, there's a lot going on here, and it's the first time that we've seen sort of these major changes to media ownership definitely in our time, Mm -hmm. our lifetime. But, you know, it's such a daunting concept as well because no one really knows what it involves. Yeah, no one, I feel like no one knows what it's actually going to do. Exactly. Like, everyone's like, okay, cool, like, that happened, they're just going to get richer. Like, that's the the general idea. Mm. But um, there actually are a lot of sort of important things to consider because it's going to impact the way that we receive news and particularly coming into an election, that could Mm -hmm. be a big issue. Uh, So we thought it would be a good place to start by going around Kelvin Grove and asking some QUT students what they thought of the merger, what they knew about the merger, uh, and whether they thought it affected them. Could you tell me first if you've heard anything about the Nine Fairfax merger? No. Yeah? Uh, Not really. I'm not really aware of that. I don't know, I find it interesting how like things like this, they happen like like around our periphery. We're not really aware of because like we're not given like we're not given the real issues, we're given like the things that they want us to hear. Do you follow the news or uh, no not really, no not personally. I'll just try and stay out of it because there's just too much out there that you can't really look at or critically analyze, so there's no point trying to follow it. I wouldn't like know as much about this as I'd like to. So I guess we should uh, get the rundown on what's happening first. Mm-hmm. Basically Nine and Fairfax have announced that they will join companies. Uh, And this is the first major transaction between media companies since those laws were changed by the Mm -hmm. Turnbull government last year. In fact, it's the largest change to the media landscape in 30 years. Uh, And definitely the first, like, shift brought on by this digital revolution that we've been, you know, studying for the last however long. (laughs) um, With a combined worth of over 4 billion Australian dollars. Which is just, just a lot of money. Both Greg Highwood and, and Hugh Marks of Fairfax and Nine respectively have said that the new combined company could reach, you know, over half of Australia every day. That's really scary. Mm. And I think as well, because Fairfax isn't linked to any of their masthead mm-hmm. publications, it's difficult to understand the scope of this. 
But we've got this list of all the companies that are included uh, in this merger. Um, and they are pretty extensive. Starting with broadcast, we've got all four of Nine's channels, as well as Nine Now On Demand and the joint venture of Stan. In news, we've got the Fairfax newspapers, Sydney Morning Herald, The Age, and the Australian Financial Review. News sites, we've got Brisbane Times, WA Today, Future Women, Nine News, Nine Pickle, and Nine Honey. Wait, let Can me stop you. What? <laughs> what is Nine Pickle? Please enlighten us. Nine Pickle appears to be the one-stop shop for funny videos of animals, pets, kids, and adults. Oh, kids. Wow. Yeah, kids. That's weird. That's... Wow. I can't wait to spend my Friday night on Nine Pickle. Right? That's <laughs> all I wanted in life. I want the backstory why they called it Nine, nine Pickle. Pickle. But going on, we've got the Nine Pickle, Nine Finance, and Nine Honey. Then Lifestyle, we've got Drive, Good Weekend, Good Food, Essential Baby, Essential Kids, Traveler Magazine. Not to mention 160 different regional Fairfax publications and websites, as well as 2TV Radio, 3AU, 3AW Radio, Domain, The Block, oh, wow. and The City to Surf, which I thought was really that's, weird. That's really odd. Yeah, that like is... why, what, what interest does a newspaper have in people running? They probably give people free newspapers as they finish I, the I line. Mean, yeah, mm. that's where, that's the it's, only reason. Yeah, it's publicity, I guess. Yeah. That's, so, that's very odd, though. So lots of companies involved. The two aspects of this merger that are most important to Nine and Fairfax are Stan mm. and also Domain at particularly as a means of, you know, advertising the block on property websites. It's this yep. awful vertical synergy situation. Yeah. But that got me thinking, if we were to be in charge, what would be like an ideal sort of merger situation? Oh, man. What's your dream merger? Oh man. Uh, so, so everyone, what do you think of YouTube buying the Today Show? No. That sounds like a disaster. I mean, I just love the idea of Carl Stefanovic being live on the air 24-7, probably drunk, definitely politically incorrect. <laughs> this Melbourne. has got to stop. <laughs> you know how hard that was to say? Imagine his suit, it would smell. Oh, you'd be able to like smell it through the TV. Yes. <laughs> but like, I'm just thinking, what about all the great memes? It'd be like 24-7 memes. Amazing. It, it would be the perfect cross promotion event for Nine Pickle. Nine Pickle. What about, uh, you know, there was all this controversy with the Hottest 100 recently. Yeah. You know, they won't let Taylor Swift be a part of it. Oh, no. So, what if we got, <laughs> what if so we got Spotify to, to, to buy the Hottest 100? You know, some equal opportunity for all those massive billionaire artists. Yeah, they really need more exposure. Right? They really need it. It yeah. would. I feel like it would just become more of a popularity contest. Yeah. But I would really be excited to see how many podcasts would make the Hottest 100 list. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And I think it would be cool having, you know, instead of just one every year on a, on a questionable date, we have one every week, you know, comes out with your Discover Weekly playlist. Just Look, why not? Why yeah. not? Another another excuse to drink. I don't mind. <laughs> I am not voting that many times. <laughs> it's already so much of an effort to do it once. Would we even need to vote or would they just do they it They would for make us? it us themselves. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it'd become an AI thing probably. Oh, mm. sure. It'll be like her, I'll fall in love with Spotify one yeah. day. <laughs> Hello, I'm here. Hi. Hi. I'm Samantha. All right, so uh, I was uh, very upset to find out that Netflix was not renewing The Break with Michelle Wolf. Have you guys watched this? No. no. Oh. Please inform. Oh. So it's like this, like, Netflix streaming cross between, like, a late-night show and a variety show. Gotcha. She basically, um, you know, deconstructs the format of those, like, news comedy shows. Right, and, that's so interesting. And have you seen her correspondence dinner speech? And, of course, we have Sarah Huckabee Sanders. 
I have to say, I'm a little starstruck. I love you as Aunt Lydia and the Handmaid's Tale. The only company I could possibly think of that would um would buy this this show would be the ABC because mm-hmm. they're the okay. only people with like a reputation for like actually good comedy oh, content definitely. in Australia. Yeah. Next, I thought you know we spoke to the people of QUT and they get all of their news from social media. Mm-hmm. I mean, the one thing that is missing from the news landscape in Australia now is, of course. Lee Lin Chin. Bring her back. Bring her back, bring but her bring her back. back on Messenger. What? Can you imagine like the ABC Messenger bot, but just Lee Lin Chin delivering your daily dose of sass and style? That is all yeah. I want in my life. Well, apparently now she wants to get into a politics. Oh, That's a new please. thing. That's a new thing. Oh my God. Well, if that... she is the next prime minister, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my I gosh. Mean, maybe like in a month when 50 more prime ministers have happened. <laughs> yeah. When people hear the name Lee Lin Chin, three things naturally spring to mind. Journalistic excellence, flawless fashion sense, and impeccable comic timing. That links into the next one I had, given all the, the leadership spill news that has proliferated every medium in the last five days. What if the mass media and the coalition join forces to create one giant hashtag Ozpol Chimera. Look, they're both benefiting off each other so much in the last week. So, um, you know, it's not even a dream, that's just a reality. It's a reality (laughs) these days, absolutely. But I think finally, uh, the best one of these is Disney buying Pride. Love it, I'm down for it. Right? Disney is already the gayest company ever. Amen. But on top of that, it would be the best opportunity for them to curve the PR nightmare that is casting a straight person as their first gay character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Picture this, the whole Pride Month, it's just like colored lights all over the Disney castle, oh. like everything is rainbow. Yeah, like rainbow ears. We need more capitalism. Right? Yeah. Especially yeah. with our pride. Yeah, let's, let's capitalize pride. <laughs> let's do it. Hey, Brittany, do we have any ads this week? Look, unfortunately, we didn't get that Blue Apron sponsorship, but we are sponsored by ourselves this week. Straddle.com.au bringing you your interactive content discussing the media and communication industry. It's worth looking at at how people are responding to this merger because, Mm -hmm. you know, there's lots of talk. Um, It's kind of daunting. Starting at Nine's perspective, because the new company will be called Nine, CEO Hugh Marks is staying on as the CEO of the whole Mm -hmm. company. Uh, And so his line is that this merger is good for anyone in frontline content creation. This business will be in a strong position to compete and its whole essence of competition will be around the quality of its content. Right. Quality is a crucial aspect that they keep relying on, but that's never sort of developed as an idea. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's always just like, we will make quality content, but we're not really being told who that's for. So whether this relates to, you know, information or entertainment quality for the end end user being us or the quality of of channel nine being able to create marketing solutions and sell ad time and you know that still remains to be seen um channel nine are really coming at this as their last hope in beating facebook and google Mm -hmm. uh, because you know that there is a lot going into uh competition inquiries uh with respect to whether or not these companies are acting in competition with with traditional media companies but it's sort of interesting because 
the more the Channel 9 is doing, it seems like they're in equal parts sledging these companies and trying to be these companies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this comes just as Channel 9 has rolled out addressable advertising on their like streaming platforms. Which is basically just targeted advertising, but only using data that you have to give them in order to use their services. Right. Um, so is that like when I was watching all of those episodes of Love Island on Nine Now, I was just getting very, very feminine ads? Makeup and perfume. Uh, that makes yeah. so much more sense now, mm-hmm. Alex. Yeah. So it's um it's this interesting like perspective on targeted ads where it's like, this isn't shady, like you had to give us this, otherwise yeah. we wouldn't have let you watch this product. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll, we'll see what happens with that. With respect to the battle against, you know, these new digital media companies, there is probably some traction here. I mean, Mumbrella did a survey, uh, into ad spending on like traditional media versus uh, new media Mm -hmm. and found that Google and Facebook in 2017 took home 135% of new ad spending, which is just crazy. Like and also not surprising no, at no, the same no. time and it is also interesting that nine is is claiming to be a more transparent company than facebook and google in terms of this new sort of advertising targeted sort of situation i also wonder if they've just jumped on that because of all the accusations towards facebook and they're just like we're better than them like straight away coming yeah. into it you know what i mean well have you guys seen the have you guys seen the bus stop billboards at the moment yeah, um, with, the, with the fake news facebook mm-hmm. yeah. it's like no we're not going to give you fake news yeah. it's like we, we you didn't join here for fake news it's like are they like they're scared yeah at the end of july facebook uh lost 20 percent of their stock price uh which took out like 17 billion dollars of mark zuckerberg's like personal Jeez. wealth Oh, but the it's poor just, thing. It's just so funny <laughs> when you read something like that and then you look at how much stink this $4 billion company is making yeah, in our little industry. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Uh. You know, it is, it is really funny just seeing these, like, two CEOs be like, yeah, we're going to fight the fight. And, yeah. like, what resources do they have to fight this mm. fight? Like, no. But, you know, that's just Nine's perspective. If we look at Fairfax's side, there, there's all these fears that the culture of these two companies are far too different Mm -hmm. to actually, you know, create something that, that upholds both names. Hugh Marks has said that culturally there's no better fit between these two companies. Um, but there isn't really evidence for that because, you know, on one hand we have Fairfax who has been responsible for some of the most important investigative journalism of our time, including the partnership they had with ABC. But Nine's news on the other hand, don't have this reputation. Like we've got, a current affairs report is hounding people at the doors of their cars. And... What are you saying that a current affair isn't amazing investigative journalism? Oh. I want to know why I can't trust my neighbor with the three dogs. They came bounding over. Oh, it just kills me every amazing. time. And I think they should uh, really steer into that, like make that part of their marketing. Why not? Why? It would probably work. But back to Fairfax, a lot of their investigative journalists have um, basically said that they've been completely left in the dark in all of this, that it's not a merger, it's a takeover, and that they're already starting to question their security and their position. Oh, so it's, it's just upsetting. That's really interesting, yeah. Because they've definitely, I feel like in the media, they've, they've reported it as a merger. Like, it's like, oh yeah, these two companies, they're going to work together, it's going to be great. But hearing that, 
I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's just like we're we're coming in here now, we're taking over, this is what's happening. Mm. Deal with it. So yeah. imagine the offer office restructuring. Mm-hmm. I just like feel so sorry for the little guys. Oh. <laughs> it is just sad because, you know, they've Fairfax has done a lot to, to shed light on, on issues facing Australians every day. And so I, I don't see that that reputation being upheld. No matter what CEO of Nine Pickle may have us for. <laughs> But, you know, the, the other big question f- from the Fairfax perspective is what will this mean for regional newspapers? Like, we've got yeah. 160 different regional publications. Mm. And while the new company has said that they don't plan on, on cutting any jobs, you know, there are those obvious synergies when two companies that have shared interests but also competing interests join together. Like, it doesn't make sense for you to keep all these people on, particularly if you're looking at it from the perspective of trying to survive in this different marketplace. Mm. So it's all just a bit funny. I actually came across an interesting anecdote while I was researching mm. for this. I'm ready. So basically Fairfax's original unique offering was that they dominated the classified advertising like industry. But since the internet age, and we've got places like Gumtree... Oh, we've got Facebook Marketplace, yeah. yeah. Like, but yeah, as the revenue from these areas started to dry up, Fairfax has had to, over time, sublet more of their office space to Google. Uh, <laughs> I'm just too. trying to imagine, like, a Fairfax guy and a Google guy just, like, in yeah. the <laughs> elevator together and just being like... <laughs> but yeah, I think it's just a good image that, like, Google is literally swallowing these companies whole. Yeah. But I mean, it also paints like a, a really dire image for like the state of like traditional media companies at the moment. But yeah, what do you think? I mean, it's it's one of those things where it's hard to tell. Like everyone can make all the theories they want to. Mm. But at the end of the day, we're not going to know until some, until like everything starts rolling sort of yeah. thing. Exactly. Um, I think it's a survival tactic. Yeah. At the end, I mean, sure. and that, I feel like that's what all the mergers are right now. It's just survival tactics because the media landscape is changing so fast. Mm. Mm. Traditional pe- traditional media companies don't know how to keep up with it, so they're just grabbing on to anything they can. I think traditional media is getting kind of scared. There's mm. just like digital is come in, and they're like all the. I just picture all the older guys being like, <laughs> "What's digital media? What's social media?" And they're like just jumping onto that but like that's exactly it like the external perspective and the consensus seems to be that this is just like two dinosaurs trying to mate to survive (laughs) and then a big comet comes and just kills them and that's digital but that's the thing like while people may still be watching the shows that channel 9 puts Mm -hmm. out like that doesn't mean that they're watching television anymore. Like the way yeah. we consume media has completely changed. Absolutely. And I think that there is reason for them to be scared about people like Google and Facebook mm-hmm. because those platforms give us the audience for the first time ever a say mm-hmm. in this. In this, mm-hmm. yeah. we get to have a conversation. And yes, there is the obvious concern of fake news and misinformation. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. I find it more empowering to be able to have my say rather than let these attractive people on the TV tell me. Definitely, definitely. Let's discuss it from our perspective for a second. The immediate fear is uh, going into this industry and not being able to get a job. Mm -hmm. And this doesn't make that seem any more encouraging. Um, But it's also like, if if the main interest for the new company is in promoting the block on domain, 
you know, that doesn't impact us. I mean, all we're doing on domain is looking at houses we'll never be able to afford. Exactly. <laughs> or like <laughs> looking at the pictures inside. Yeah. And like, wow, so pretty. Just imagine it. <laughs> it's just uh, just a bit funny that the new audience, they're not trying to really get on board with, mm-hmm. even though these are the people that they're losing to Facebook and Google. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So I think despite the the questionable relationship with data and privacy that that Facebook has sort of uh, created, I don't think there are going to be people that are immediately like shifting from getting their news from social media to this new company. Oh, no way. No way. Where do you get your news from at the moment? Uh, mostly online. Like, I get it from the articles that I recommended on my phone, and that's yeah. the thing. That's amazing. Probably um, not so good places, like Facebook. Curated news rather than watching, like, Channel 9 or something. I prefer the internet. Occasionally, like, the newspaper, if not, like, social media or yeah, word of mouth. Facebook? Yeah. That's so bad. Yeah. yeah. I'm already on Facebook, I guess. And I don't like watching commercial TV, so, like, I don't feel like turning the TV on to watch the news. I don't think that there are a lot of great places to get your news from. Mm. Like, you know, I, I think that, like, Australian media is, is really biased, for one. Mm, definitely. Yeah. In mm. terms of, like, social issues and everything. So, like, I don't... If I had a better, more reputable place that I liked and that I found reliable, I would really appreciate that, I guess. Because you, you can just access it so easily on your phone, rather than having to, like, sift through channels or find a newspaper that's objective and things like that. You can just search yourself and make your own decisions rather than having to listen to what they're saying on the news or reading it in the newspaper. Where do you guys get your news? I, I, I'm all about that uh, ABC app. I mm. only trust ABC these mm. days. It's just one of those things where I think when I was a teenager, I liked too many like fake news kind of pages, and now it's just like all that. I like I don't want it on my Facebook. Yeah. I read it. I'm like, oh god, oh it's fine. This is some stupid story. <laughs> I follow a lot of journalists on Twitter, so I normally go to Twitter for that because they're on it twenty four seven. But I also. I'm that person that goes on Facebook and I will see it and I will see that news story. Um, So I'm a part of the problem. (laughs) But I should not. I think the other thing is we go on Facebook, we see the story. But I know for me, if I see a story I'm actually interested in, Mm. I will then go to Google and like search the story so I can get a proper thing and not just like fluff. And you know, that, that speaks a lot to what actual modern media audiences are mm-hmm. like we will look into things and make meaning for things that yeah. we're not just going to passively be told what the news is exactly yeah. yeah i mean i can't speak i i do get my news from the abc <laughs> messenger chat bot yes i just like getting the little notifications <laughs> in the morning like, oh, <laughs> but it was really interesting when we were vox popping people and um, asked them where they got their news from. They were all really scared to tell us that mm. through social media, mm. which was really interesting because, like, it's not bad. It's, we it's all not. do it. But exactly. everyone was like, and I one girl said, I'm a part of the problem, which is what I just said because I stole <laughs> it from her. <laughs> she said, I'm a part of the problem. I go to Facebook and I don't research more i just look at facebook mm. Mm. and it was interesting because i'm like oh my god these yeah but they probably don't study media comms so yeah no. they don't question it but they are questioning it in the same and that's way. when like the onion and stuff started coming out all those fake news for fake news sake kind of websites mm. i remember when they first started popping up on my facebook and i was like something about um 
I think it was something about a SeaWorld whale. I think that was the first big one. Like they were saying, it was being kept in a block. <laughs> and I thought it was serious. I posted it on my Facebook and I was like, this is ridiculous. This is disgusting. That was like my first exposure to like why fake news can just like affect us so quickly and why yeah. we believe something that's on our screen for some yeah. reason. Which brings us to our next game. Yay! <laughs> Without further ado, here is fake news, Fairfax or fluff. Dun, dun, dun. I'm very excited. I'm going to do so bad. <laughs> I'm so worried about myself. <laughs> I mean, everything is so clickbaity nowadays that it, I, hopefully it is hard. <laughs> so here's how this game is going to go. I will read you a headline that I have either taken from the Twitter account of a Fairfax masthead of the Today Show, or either I've made it up or from the Batuta Advocate, and you have to decide which is the esteemed source of journalism and which is the fake news. Mm -hmm. Let's do this. So we'll start with the royal wedding. Who doesn't love the royal wedding? Who's not sick of the royal wedding? I am sick of it. (laughs) (laughs) I just enjoyed the memes. Oh, absolutely. I I just feel bad about me and I want her to be happy. (laughs) I just want her to be happy. Because you're also married to a royal, right? No, I'm married to a ginger. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, which of these is a Fairfax headline? The first headline is... The royal wedding is escapist nonsense. Our next headline is, a royal wedding is never short of drama. For centuries, we've watched the nuptials of princes and princesses, and there's plenty of gossip that follows. And the third headline, after three months of royal life, Meghan Markle announces her return to Suits, her character now also royalty. We're picking the Fairfax one. Yeah. Yeah. Fairfax is the middle one about the history, because it... Sounds intellectual. <laughs> smart. They do smart things. Which one do you think's well, fake? The, the last one's fake. It has to be fake. As royal, she can't. She can't act anymore. She's not allowed to. Really? Yeah. Mm. yeah it's a rule. I did not know that. Queen well. says no. <laughs> <laughs> um, well. You're wrong. What? The oh. Fairfax is the first one. The royal Hello. wedding is escapist nonsense. Oh. You were right about the fake news, though. Okay. I will, I'll give you that. Um, but yeah, today's show, I definitely expected some more fluff and not actual content. I mean, they did use the word gossip. They so did. maybe they that did. should have been a bit of a red flag for us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Onward. Uh, here, we're going to be looking at the coverage of Adani and okay. coal in, um, in Australian media. The first headline... Fish questions shorten as Batman votes. I love it. Can you reread that, please? I, I will. It's one more time. Fish questions shorten as Batman votes. What a headline. Mm-hmm. What a headline. Someone has thought long and hard about that, uh-huh. and they are so proud. They probably tweeted that, whoever wrote that. They were like, this is, this is my career. About, they think about it every time they go to bed. Oh, They're yeah. Like, that's my like... life is fantastic. <laughs> That's what they think. It's definitely not fake because, Alex, you didn't make that up. I didn't. I couldn't make that up. Um, all right. And the next headline we'll go with uh, this was in an exclusive interview with Gina Reinhardt. Um, she, sh- she, quote, showed her softer side by suggesting, I'm very worried about our country. We should be encouraging investment if we want to maintain or improve our living. Okay. Okay. And <laughs> softer no I love that that's the softer side where it's like, I'm worried about us if we don't mine our coal. Oh. Um, and the final headline is 
Great Barrier Reef dead enough for government to allow coal ships to, quote, crush through. That's fake, right? It has to be. I don't know, though, because I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't fake. Mm. That's what makes this so hard. But I I will definitely say the quote. I want to say fluff for that one. The middle one. The Gina Reinhardt one? Yeah. You're wrong. Oh. That's the Fairfax. I'm that not was posted good at this. in the Australian Financial Review. Oh, um, the Great Barrier Reef one was fake news. Yeah, that was, that was Batuta Advocate. Yeah. Uh, and Fish Question Shorten as Batman Votes was was the fluff. Yeah. Now, moving on to something something very topical, something uh, that is the purpose behind us re-recording this, this <laughs> game, uh, and that is the lib spill. Um, you know, like, this has really been a, a big facet of media at the moment. Mm-hmm. Literally, I had to scroll through hundreds of articles to oh, find I these ones. I can't imagine. Um, so we'll start with... Who is Jenny Morrison, our new first lady? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that, that's like, that's fluff. It has to be fluff. I can, do, I can see that on, like, the Today Show. Right? Like, our new first lady. <laughs> and this it was is probably what she like... wears. <laughs> uh, second headline. This one I, I just really liked because of the imagery. Hardcore moderates and conservatives in the Liberal Party are now knife-fighting each other. <laughs> What a visual. Visualising either like Game of Thrones or like Hunger Games, but like with toddlers right now. <laughs> <laughs> and, what, and what's the, and what's the, the last one? And the third headline is Bill Shorten begins studying videos of Stephen Bradbury's 2002 Olympic gold medal. <laughs> Uh, okay, that that has to be fake news. That is fake. That has to be. Fake that is news. too far out. That that is that is fake news. I yes. think you're just too creative. I for think mm. he lives near me because I always see him around. Oh my god! And I Wait. get so starstruck. And I'm just letting you know he's gotten rid of the frosted tips. When did Bill Shorten have frosted tips? Stephen Bradbury. Oh okay. I just I thought see you, him all the time. I just That's thought you amazing. meant you live near Bill Shorten, and we're like, no. yeah, he's no longer got his frosted tips. <laughs> he doesn't. Bill Shorten no longer has frosted tips. <laughs> Must yeah. be a guys. No, he comes. He I he comes into my work all the time. Wow. And I've ne- I really want to go up to him and be like, can I get a photo? I am starstruck right now. Yeah. That's amazing. You need to get a photo. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, well, just, just to be clear, that, that was the fake news. You were correct. <laughs> uh, which was the fluff? No, you were also right about the fluff. That, that Jenny Morrison was yeah. the Today Show yeah. panel. Yeah, of course. Okay, of course. It but, was Girls on the Grill. It was probably like quarter to nine. Um, mm. The very end. That's what scares me, though. People actually spend time on these stories. Mm. That just... Contribute personally, I believe, contribute nothing to our media landscape. But hey, that's just me. That's just me. But that, I mean, that was harder for me, I think, than I expected. Like, it just goes to show that these places aren't really that different. They're Mm -hmm. all just clickbait sources now, I guess. So, how many did we get right? Who cares? (laughs) (laughs) What sort of changes would you like to see to like the Australian media? Um, less bias in reporting. I feel like that's a really big problem. And um, more privacy for the people they report about because I feel like they just expose a lot of people without necessarily needing to. It being too filtered. Yeah, I'm biased towards one person's point of view. God, sources. Mm. Sources. (laughs) I need your sources. I need Um, peer-reviewed sources. Yes, thank you. (laughs) 
focus on um, actual issues. Now give us the cliff notes, give us things that we might care about. Stop trying to influence, influence us with emotive language and biases. I would like a place in which I can come to my own conclusions. After the Vox Pop, I, one of the main concerns that everyone voiced was bias. Mm -hmm. uh, which isn't, I mean, it is something that I thought about, but isn't something that really I considered it in this context. Um, but particularly with an election coming up next year. So, there's a lot going on here, and it's still coming out. Like, the AACCC is still, you know, only just starting the investigation into the actual competition issues of this. Mm -hmm. um, but there are some key takeaways. Uh, the first of that are being fewer jobs, obviously. Mm -hmm. So, those inevitable synergies. Um, so, yeah, we, we will probably see fewer media jobs. And I think as emerging practitioners, that means... We're going to need to work harder to stand out, maybe have to yeah. intern more, maybe, mm. I don't know, build those connections early on so you can find places to get a job. Exactly. Um, or maybe it just means don't work for Channel 9. Uh, oh. Second then, we've got like the lack of diversity in voices and stories. So yeah. no matter what anyone says, no matter how many promises Hugh Marks makes, there's no way of knowing what stories are going to be told now as a result of this, whether yeah. investigative reporters are going to be silenced a little bit. Um, so it will be interesting to see with an election coming up next year and in light of the lib spill, what stories are being told and what perspectives are being considered um, and whether any of those perspectives will be ours as millennials. Uh, not. We'll see. We'll see. And lastly, we're seeing that growing dependence on on data and mm. on money in, in yeah, media definitely. um so what we consume will become more and more dependent on what our data says about us and mm -hmm. what they think we are and what they think we like all right alex so we've got all those things but let's double tap what's the key like major one takeaway message i think if i were to double tap my uh, <laughs> my takeaway would be in order to survive these old media titans are going to increasingly resemble new companies that have been slowly eating away at that traditional business model. Mm -hmm. yeah. So we're going to see, we're moving towards this proliferation of content and data-driven curation rather than, you know, quality content that appeals to a mass audience. Um, but we're also going to see more reliance on generating revenue and engaging almost with sort of like clickbaity type news with lots yeah. of that fake news, fluffy stuff. However, from what I can tell, at least, these merged companies are ignoring the aspects of the new digital companies that make them appealing and accessible to wide audiences. Namely, means of starting a conversation and being decentralized and being user-generated. I think that's really where Nine has fallen a bit. Like, For sure. Definitely. This is all going to be speculation until any of this actually happens. Yeah. Um, but... Maybe this is something that Nine should think about a bit more. Maybe, mm. And maybe that's something that we all need to think about a bit more, of, of where we want to exist in this market. Sweet. Thanks for listening to our first episode of Double Tap. Be sure to contribute. We want to hear what you have to say on the merger on our socials found in the description. Next week, I'll be talking about the micro-celebrity slash social media influencer versus the mainstream celebrity. Ooh. Wait. That's going to be exciting. Yes. We'll see you in a fortnight. Bye. 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 Gotta move on. Gotta move on. Gotta move on.